are listening to Saved by the Spell, a DIY podcast featuring witchy tips, psychic insight, and advice about what's going on in the astro, sex, love, and everyday stuff for you and me. I am your host, Marcella Kroll, and thank you for tuning in. This is episode 24. Today's subject is love. I know love is a broad and expansive topic. And it's one of those subjects that can stir up so many emotions, uh, associations, and memories. And I, I like to kind of address today love in its different forms. Self-love, the act of caring for yourself, and loving yourself enough to call in what works for you and what doesn't in a healthy and positive way. There's love in intimate relationships. There's love amongst friends and community. There is familial love with family members, whether or not it's your own flesh and blood or adopted. And then there's love and making choices. It's kind of more of what I wanted to talk about today, which is you know, making choices based out of love versus fear. Because a lot of us, don't mind me here, I have some notes because I have some tips and questions for you guys. But I I really want to talk about, you know, what we do when we make choices out of love versus fear. Now, you know, a lot of times think about it and think about what you do. You know, why do you take this job? Because you love it or because you're afraid of the repercussions of what will happen if you don't take it? Do you ask that person out? Because, not necessarily because you love them, but because you love the idea of getting to know someone and you want to share intimacy or connection. Or do you do it out of fear that if you don't do it, you're going to be alone? And you're so afraid of being alone that you just connect with whoever you connect with because of that fear. So really just start thinking about the choices that you make and if you're doing them out of love or out of fear. Now, whenever you make a choice, I personally feel that even if the choice is difficult and the choice is hard, if you make a choice to do something out of love, you're never going to feel bad about that choice. I mean, you might in the moment, it might be making a hard decision, um, and you might not understand why, but then the long-term benefits are pretty much what speaks for themselves. You know, I just got back, um, I had mentioned in the last podcast, like I had just gotten back from my hometown, I have to say, I had like kind of a follow-up. It took seven years to kind of get this follow-up answer, but I made a decision regarding a personal relationship of mine. And I'm just going to get personal here for you for a moment, just to give you an example. So several years ago, when my life was turning upside down because of this work, you know, um, the psychic work and helping healing work that I do because I was in having a real hard time accepting that this was the path I needed to go into. 
around that moment, I was dating someone long distance from my hometown and I cared about him a lot, but I knew there it wasn't right. Now, I could have kept the relationship going. I knew he cared for me too. He was really, you know, passionate and he is wonderful. You know, he was wonderful. And I did something. I didn't handle it the right way. You know, and I'll just put it out there for you guys. I, you know, he was supposed to come visit me and I, I got, like, I paid for half of his ticket, whatever. And then, you know, about a week or so before, I, I said, you know, you know what? I, I can't see you. And I, I just, first of all, I was like having this breakdown about my work. And I knew that there was something about if I committed fully more to this person, that it wasn't me fulfilling something out of love. It was, it was out of fear. Now, it just, in my gut, it was so painful because I did have this ultimate fear of like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone again and I'm out here. And I was having a really hard time with being in LA and so wouldn't my life just be better if I just like packed it all up and went back? I could have this partnership. I could probably get a job real easily, make art and do my thing. But I knew that it was out of fear and not out of love, that decision. So I ended it. And, you know, albeit I ended it in a crappy way, and rightfully so, he was very angry with me. And then his friends that we had mutual friends were angry with me, and people cut me off and, you know, stopped talking to me or give me the stink eye or an attitude. And, you know, I deserved a lot of that. But... Ultimately, you know, my life fell apart after that. I became homeless for a few months. I had such a tough time recovering from that. Total mental breakdown. There was a lot of things that happened during that, that time. I relapsed. I mean, it was crazy. But ultimately... It was because my life was doing a complete 180 to force me to do my work and to open myself up to this new way of living. So the choice I made in the moment might have seemed like, oh, well, you made it the wrong choice. But ultimately, it was the right choice because as scared as I was, I chose love over fear. Now, flash forward, I haven't thought about this man in a very long time. And I've been back to visit multiple times and I've never run into him. I have to say, for a week straight, I could not get him out of my head. And this act of just asking him to forgive me for hurting him in that moment, even though I knew what I did ultimately was the right decision. So I've been thinking about it and really kind of gearing up for my trip. And then I, I get there and, and someone actually mentioned him and they said he got married and had a baby. And, um, I was like, wow, that's what he, that's good. That's really good. I still hope he forgives me. <laughs> and, um, and anyway, I ran into him and 
I, it's funny because I haven't run into him, but because I was thinking so intently and in that moment, I asked him for forgiveness and he did. And he even said, he's like, if what happened with you and I didn't happen, then this wouldn't happen. And I got to see pictures of his little girl. And, and I, ultimately, again, the decision out of love over fear, while a lot of people didn't understand it in the moment, and I don't think they even still understand it, you know, um, totally, was the better decision. It might have caused some upset and some disagreement in the beginning, but look at the way things have turned out. Now, the other thing I get a lot of times from people like friends and clients, and they're like, well, you can't just always work on yourself. Like, it's too, it's hard, Marcella. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. Well, I'm not telling you you have to do it. <laughs> you don't. You absolutely don't. But I have to say that in my life, in my path, I have to do it. So it doesn't mean I always make the right decisions. Look, it's like, it's a practice, but I am going to tell you, I would have been miserable long-term and it probably would have been worse than him hating me now, <laughs> or I'm hating me, you know, coming up to now. Um, if I had made that decision to go back and foster this relationship out of the fear of being alone, because then we were just together out of fear of being alone and not out of love. So really, honor your decisions to make choices based out of love, even if they're difficult, whether it's you're questioning your career or your life path or your connections, your purpose. Are you doing it because you love it or are you doing it because you're afraid of the repercussions or the what ifs? Okay. So that's my spiel on that. <laughs> Moving into, you know, talk a little bit about calling love into your life and self-love and all of that stuff. You know, people ask me all the time about love spells. I, I'm not a big proponent of love spells. I don't really think that it's ethical um, to do any kind of manipulation spells. But if you want to do spells to call in more love, as a presence in your life and more self-love and self-care, but that's beautiful. I think that's ultimately really beautiful. And I, I make petitions and altars and for declarations of love all the time because I, I of course want more of that presence in my life because I want that perspective. I want to be reminded that I'm doing something out of the love for it and connections, um, for it, because I also have a bad habit of, um, going into a mode of people pleasing. And I realize that when I do that, it's out of fear. It's not out of love. So for example, I have a habit of, uh, giving advice, <laughs> which I do for a living. And then I kind of do here, <laughs> you know, um, but sometimes I have found that when I'm interested in someone romantically, I end up becoming this person who's their advice giver. And, or I found that people who've come to me and I felt kind of connection romantically, and then they, it kind of turns into, I'm like their pocket witch. And, um, 
and I kind of fall into it, you know, because uh, instead of cutting it off or questioning, like, hey, like, why don't you ask me how I'm doing before you ask me advice? Um, sometimes I'll even do them the favor and make it real easy and just throw some advice at them because it's like a fear of, oh shit, if I don't connect with them, then they're not going to connect back. So that's something I'm also working on is not being that people pleaser or that person so afraid that they might not have a connection with someone or that they might not be of any value to a person once they have no advice to give. That was a huge realization this week, you know. Also, if you you have someone in your life that does offer that kind of role for you, do me a favor. Instead of just popping into their life and, and getting information from them, like their Google, can you please ask them how they're doing? Just reach out and say, hey, how are you? Like sincerely, because... That's also super um, disappointing if you're not treated as though you're a human on the other end of the phone or email, okay? So I have some tips for you guys, and you know I wanted to give you a little bit of magical stuff here. So a kitchen witch tip, something that a lot of us can find in the kitchen or at your grocery store or like here in California, it grows all over rosemary. Rosemary is the plant of remembrance and healing, love and nurturing. There are a couple of ways you can use rosemary. It's super healing, loving, and you can put fresh rosemary in your food. I love doing that. It's just so flavorful and it's just like heartwarming. It makes your heart expand. You can also use it in the bath. You can steam it for aromatherapy in the house or in the bath. Um, and there's also rosemary essential oil, which you can you can add to some water, make like a spray, a room spray. I love rosemary and lavender together. It's very like natural, like heart expansion. It's really um, good for that fresh. Also wanted to give you some crystals. For those of you who are like crystal kids who love to work with crystals, uh, there are many different crystals out there that can support, foster, and nurture, and heal areas around love, whether it's self-love, romantic love, or community, family, friends love. So I'm just going to list those up for you. Um, rose quartz. Rose quartz is a common one. A lot of people know it's like a pink color. Rose quartz invites love, and it fosters a sense of worthiness. Um, it's really good for self-love and romantic love. Malachite. Malachite's that green stone that you see at times. Now, malachite's tricky. I mean, it's really powerful and it clears heartache and painful memories associated to losing love. It can also bring up anger. So I oftentimes, if you're feeling angry about love, it's going to bring it to the surface. So just remember that. You might want to pair it with some rose quartz, something softer, so that way you don't you know, feel overwhelmed by it, but it will move the painful memories out. Uh, Rhodochrosite, it's, it's like another pink, but it's like really, really deep. And this is a good stone for encouraging self-love specifically. Then we have green adventurine. 
Green adventuring is a stone of love and luck, and it helps increase your confidence and your willingness to kind of take risks in love. It's kind of, they call it like a gambler stone, but it's really good for you to be a little more open and um, taking a chance. Kunzite. I love Kunzite. So there's a lot of Kunzite. It's like pink, purple, and then they have green. And the green version is called Hiddenite. But Kunzite, wow. It encourages so much love to touch every area of your life. And, And like Malachite, it will help clear the pain associated with like painful memories around love. So, but what it, it does it in kind of a gentler way, but it will, it's like in order for you to tap into having those loving feelings in all areas of your life, it has to remove the stuff that doesn't feel like it's in the same frequency of that. So it can be really utilized for manifesting loving unions and connections. Now, Kunzite also, you guys can be a little bit more expensive than say rose quartz because it's mined in uh, I believe it's mined in the Middle East, it's mined in Afghanistan, so it's getting harder and harder to get. So if you do find some kunzite, um, I highly recommend working with the stone, but know that it is of limited availability, so that's why it might be a little bit pricier. Okay, another good all-around stone to have, uh, I think, is an Apache tear, which is a form of obsidian. It's black. And it's shiny usually, and it's used um, for absorbing grief and negativity. This stone you can use; it absorbs any sadness you might be carrying in your heart. And like any of these stones that do the absorbing, you want to make sure that you clear it often, like smudge it with sage, put it out with the full moon, run it under cold water, but really give it a good cleaning. You know, um, because it absorbs not just from you, but from your environment. The last stone I'm going to talk about is um, lodestone, which is, lodestone is a magnet, and it's used a lot of times um, magically as an attractor. So I often say it's really great paired with another stone. So like if you were to say pair it with like rose quartz or rhodochrosite, it would really attract, it would magnify and pull more of that loving energy towards you. The same thing, you can use it with... um, uh, citrine. Citrine is a really uplifting stone. It's also the merchant stone. So it, it is about um, bringing in abundance. So if you wanted to like pair lodestone with citrine and maybe rose quartz, it's about bringing more love and, you know, abundance into your life and whatever abundance it can be money. It can be, you know, it could be prosperity. It could be love. It could be a multitude, a happy disposition, but the lodestone will magnify it. And another quick trick with the lodestone, if you get some lodestone um, and you want to dedicate a piece of lodestone for a specific thing, you can always like some, I I sometimes recommend, uh, like say you want to attract love, maybe make a little paint with a little nail polish or something or a paint pen. You can paint a little red heart on the lodestone so that it's used specifically for that. If you want to call in money, um, you know, with another piece of lodestone specifically for that, you would like make a little green on it or a little green money symbol or whatever you want, a, a green like money rune, like a prosperity rune. So those are just some ideas. You also might want to make an altar for love as a reminder of what you're trying to call into your life. 
an altar doesn't have to be extremely elaborate, but you can just make a little area dedicated to just reminding yourself that you want to make love a priority in your life. That you can include flowers, you can include one of these crystals I talked about, or a couple of them. Sometimes I like to put candles, you know, um, usually I'll put two, meaning like one for the self and one for my love for others. Um, honey is a nice little offering to remind you about the sweetness in life. You know, you can also um, dedicate love to a deity. There's lots of love gods and goddesses that are out there that you can connect to. There's so many out there, and I was going to like compile a huge list. I have a huge list of different ones, but I think it's so personal that you should just really try to kind of connect to one that you really feel drawn to, that speaks to you. And I'm just going to move on now to a couple of questions that uh, I received via email. Again, you guys, if you have questions that you want to have answered on the podcast or subjects or topics that you're curious about, you can email those to me at bookmarcella at gmail.com. And if you need to see that email, just go to savebythespell.com and it's under the contact page. You'll find it there. Just try to keep those questions as clear and concise as possible uh, and try to stick to one thing if you can. It's just hard for me to answer really long um, inquiries on the air because I try to keep this, you know, podcast relatively short. So Margot in Louisiana wants to know if it is possible for people to be romantically in love forever. You know, I think there are some relationships, I'll be that they are rare, that can be in love for the length of the time that they are here in the physical body. That longevity lasts because the relationship changes shape over time and because it's about the individuals allowing each other to grow and evolve you know, as humans. And when you can, and also it's a matter of total acceptance of one another. I think that there's a huge expectation for people to be together forever. And when we make these really strong vows and commitments like marriage, but the thing is we, in order for the relationship to really last and, and, and stay true to each other is you have to allow each other to grow and evolve and accept each person exactly as they are in the moment, in this moment. Like being with someone and then putting conditions, oh, well, you're not the same person I married. Well, chances are people won't be years down the line. So I really think that, is it possible to be romantically in love forever? I think it is if you have this really open, kind heart and mind that allows each other to just fully be yourselves at all times and accepts it without conditions. And 
that's actually what makes the relationship stronger and grow and you find that you fall deeper in love over the years because you've allowed yourself to connect with every facet of this person that you've connected with. And sometimes when you found a good person, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you start to make that decision. Here's that decisions based on love and fear again. You know, if you found someone that you can connect with and grow and evolve with, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty amazing. And if you're brave enough to love that person so much that you're willing to also do the same for yourself, then by all means, do it. There's also the aspect of the fear when you, you know, maybe you aren't supposed to be with some people forever because there is a, the fear that comes up, you know, the fear of being different. So anyway, back to your question. Yes, I think it is possible, but I think it's really rare. So if you're feeling like you're in a really beautiful connection with somebody where you're like, wow, this is really still going so strong. I think you should just really find gratitude for that space and honor how awesome and amazing that is and just enjoy it till it doesn't feel like it's out of love anymore. My next question is from Belle. I'm not sure where you're from, Belle, but you write, how do I sever a toxic relationship? Currently, I've taken the route of not engaging with a friend by not responding to messages or answering phone calls, which I feel is dismissive, but in some ways I feel she deserves it. I feel like the energy is better when I don't engage, but I've been told I need to confront her because she's super passive to the point I feel like I've chosen the right method by not engaging. Well, not fully knowing the situation, but totally understanding this route because I've taken it myself before. Sometimes it can be um, because you're so hurt by the situation that, at least in my own experience, I've been so hurt that I've just completely dropped out of the person's sphere and cutting off all ties um, because I've been hurt and angry. I think it's just really asking yourself um, if you're hurt and angry, obviously you don't want to come at the person with your hurt and anger, but maybe try, I would try writing the person a letter first and writing out everything you need to say. I, I don't believe you need to confront it right away, especially if you are deeply hurt and angry, uh, because it it might not be received, especially if the person is already um, not open to receiving to begin with. So I, I would say this, write out a relation, like write out a letter to the person and without the intention, you don't have to send it, but get all your thoughts out and then, and give yourself some space, but ultimately ask yourself, it depends. It's, you know, it's a couple of things. Like, do you feel like this relationship is one that you want to continue? If it is one that you value and you want to continue, I would definitely at some point make it a point to say, Hey, look, I really need to talk to you. Um, and, uh, talk with you about our connection because I value it. If you don't value the connection or your relationship to this person, um, 
you might want to just say, look, I am really hurt right now. I can't really explain why, but I have, I'm having these feelings come up towards you because I feel like you don't respect my time or you are holding feelings that you're not really expressing the truth to me. I think, but do it when you're comfortable. Don't do it when you're not able to express yourself because it's not going to make any sense. And the other thing is, if you do express yourself, you then have to let go because you're, you can't be responsible or expect the person to get it, you know, especially if, as you're describing, the person doesn't really get it. They're passive. Um, you never know though. They might receive it and they might have that, have that reflected to them before, but you can't like you can't feel bad if they don't get it. I think that's the thing. You kind of got to go, okay, well, I said my piece and I let it go. So I don't know. I hope that was helpful. I mean, definitely, obviously, if it's toxic relationship where it's putting you in danger, sever it, cut it off, do what you need to do. Don't go back. Do not look that way, <laughs> you know, but that you have to kind of really gauge for yourself if you want that connection long-term. Quick mention before uh, I split, I, I wanted to just let you guys know that I have been sold out of my Oracle cards for a bit now, and I'm so amazed and ecstatic that people want them, and I thank you guys for your continued support. I, For those who have been writing me, asking me, I really hope to reprint soon, but again, it's money, and because I'm self-publishing, um, it's taking me a little longer than I expected to save the money for that. So please be patient and I will post them on my Instagram uh, and on my Etsy site as soon as they're available. And if you want more advice, you know, I do post cards um, a couple times a week. You can follow me on Instagram at Marcella Kroll and, you know, at Saved by the Spell as well. But I do post at my personal page more often. So thanks again for listening to episode 24. Enjoy your beautiful weekend and Valentine's Day. Blessed be.